Hello, hello, and welcome back to the A Show with the Kings Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. What's good, Meals? It is. We are. What are we doing? Um, I'm cool. I'm chilling. What's up, man? How's everything going in life? As it gets cooler in New York, it's hotter in California. 90 degree day today. Oh, Very wow. Cool. Okay. It might be 90 degrees in my room at this like project heat that's about to be booming in the next couple seconds. But <laughs> nonetheless, I mean, yeah, we're we're in we we've had some nice fall days though. Like we haven't had nothing too crazy. I think over the weekend was a nice like 70 degree day. It was you could have wore a hoodie, could have like, you know, moved in and out. Yeah, it's it was it was nice. It was nice, you know? Yeah, yeah. We we have a we have a special guest today on the show. We have a lot to get to get to, like just looking at the run sheet today. It's gonna be a long so so before we get to this guest, um a couple of announcements. I will not be on the show next week. Oh, uh wow. I, yeah, I will be. You knew this already, fool. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm gonna be out of town next week. So um Mills will find a worthy replacement, hopefully, to me, who can match my energy. I have not yet found said replacement, but we'll figure this thing out. Like, you know, uh, fi- finding replacements to me is hard. But you know what? Because no one can replace me. and You know this. Well, I have very high standards in, 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 in co-hosts <laughs> as well. So just letting you know um, that it's not all about you. But listen, we might have, judging how this episode goes, I have a replacement sitting right in front of us, to be honest with you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and also um, this week for anyone that is uh, wondering or anyone that um, is wondering why there's no notifications on Friday or no tweets. Uh, the war report is actually going to be on a one week hiatus this week. Um, Cyrus and Quan taking a week off, uh, recharging their batteries, so to speak. It's been a very busy couple months for them. We're literally conducting a study of the effects of AEW on the human body. And <laughs> they are not holding up well in week 73. So guess what? We're giving them a week off. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. They, they, you know, I I love the war report. I love everything that they're doing. They deserve a week off. Yes, absolutely. Let's give, let's give them let's, let's give them a couple of days off. Um, and shout out to them. We're going to be predicting Halloween Havoc for them. So if you miss their predictions, you'll get it from, from Meals uh, and myself this week. And our special guest, and this is 10 months in the making. This is probably the longest layover that we've had from a Royal Rumble pool winner to now. Until, <laughs> is, until the next one, to be honest with you. <laughs> until the next one happens. But uh, he is a member of our Patreon, a very, very, very like important and valuable member of our family. He's been around for quite some time on our Discord as well. Uh, the winner of the men's Royal Rumble pool, Duggar. What's going on? What's what's going on? I ain't gonna lie. I had to contain my my laughter when I found out that War Report was on a break due to the the distress that AEW. And I understand. I mean, you know, if they if they extend that more than a week, I would understand because it's tough times is happening over there. But I am. Happy to be here. Yeah, this took a minute, but, you know, I think it's fitting that when Brock wins, you never know when he's actually going to show up. So I think this aligns with that. But hello, fellas. How are we? We're 
good. I mean, this is this is a long time in the making. You are, again, like I said, a valued member of the community, especially on Wednesday nights when you try and give people alternatives than watching AEW Dynamite. Hey, man, they don't need to watch that. If you're listening and you tomorrow, tomorrow is another chance for you to not watch AEW. 8 p.m. Lifetime channel, Mavs. You probably got about two weeks left. Decision days on the way. However you may feel, if you feel like you don't want to watch Brian Danielson lose again, you can go watch uh, Justin and Alexis fight over a dog. It's a lot better. It's a lot better hey, content. I've actually fallen off of Married at First Sight this season. Everyone annoys me. Um, I, I'll tune in for Decision Day. I, I actually follow the spoiler page. So, like, I know about a lot of the stuff that's happening. But, like, I couldn't do it this season, man. It's too much. It is a uh, show. What is the show? Please. Married at uh, First Sight? Come on. Yeah. Come on, Mill. Married at First Sight <laughs> is a, it's a social experiment where people sign up and do an ex- extensive test to figure out if they could be matched up with a, pers- a complete stranger uh, and, and be with them for, what is it, Doug? Uh, it's like 18 weeks, 15 weeks or something like that. And I, um, what? Yeah, I think it's like eight weeks. I think it's like eight, eight weeks or something like that. Eight or ten weeks, so you get married to someone you don't know. Okay, that's and you have to do that for eight weeks. All right, you know what? Sure, why not? Anything for money at this point. Listen, who am I to talk? You know about I mean, what I watch on Wednesday nights. <laughs> their hit rate lately has been terrible, but there have been some very long-lasting relationships that have come from the show. To be honest, hmm, interesting. Okay, well, listen, married at first sight. Why not? Why not? I am personally on Wednesday nights. I'm watching the challenge. It is back. Um, I'm I'm very happy regarding my challenge fandom. It is the one thing I actually I probably do like over professional wrestling, um, which I had to realize when doing the show, to be honest with you, <laughs> because I was like, the only things that would stop me from watching wrestling is the challenge. And it's back. Um, ride or dies. Um, very happy. Well, listen, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Justin, and, and possibly yeah. Duggar as well. If you, well, I guess this is easy for you, Justin. Oh, it might be easy for you too, Duggar. I was going to say, if you had to pick a ride or die to go on this show with, who would you pick? A ride or die to go. See, I was going to be like, oh, I'll, I'll pick um, I'll pick Cyrus. But I was like, this this fool, he, basically, he might as well have been born with his insides or his outsides. <laughs> is always hurt. I love you, Cyrus. But um, I, I think my ride or die out of like RNC or, or just out of just in general? Just in life. In life. We don't got to do RNC. My ride or die. That's not your wife or your significant others because that's what I was going to say. I wouldn't know. Trust me. I'm not picking her. Okay. Oh, shit. Physicality? Get out of here. Absolutely not. She's not doing it. Who would be my ride or die? Uh... What are we doing on this? Are we doing the same types of challenges? That, of course, that... you're doing all the. We're doing. We're hanging off of stuff. We're flying off of buildings. We're jumping into large bodies of water. We're doing all of it on Rider Dies. The experience, doing the puzzles, all that. living, God. living in the house with other, you know, extremely attractive strangers. Yes, all of it. Damn. Um. I think my Rider Die. I would pick Jamal. I pick Jamal. Huh. Okay. I could see that. I would pick I Jamal. I, I I think Jamal could, could could. I don't know what his math is like. I think we we would probably fuck up math, but I think that we'd be. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think we'd be. I, I think that we would. We would be good on some of the physical challenges. I think I can push myself hard to get on the, okay. the challenges. What about you, Duggar? Who you ride or die? Are you have any concept of the show at all, or have you watched the challenge at all? I've I've watched the challenge before. It's been a minute since I've watched the challenge, but like I remember okay. the days when it was just like real world. Is it still real world versus road rules? No, no it's, it's no. dropped that. Brand. All right, yeah, they dropped that branding like uh, they dropped that branding like a decade ago. I think. Wow, like maybe a, yeah, even close to like a, yeah, very much so. Definitely over a decade for sure. Um, but your writer die is essentially someone like a partner that you absolutely trust that you would expose on reality TV for whatever reason. Um, but also compete in challenges with as they do on the show. So who would you bring? Who? Yeah, I'm definitely not bringing my lady. Um, even though she's got she's got a she's got athletic background because she she ran track in high school and then and played golf, so that might come in handy. But I think I'm gonna go with uh, one of my childhood best friends, Christian. I think I can rely on him, and we'll we'll get it done. <laughs> mm, okay. I'm going with Carlos. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm going with, I feel like it would be a great time. I feel like I would just laugh. He would just be busting jokes the whole time, bro. He would be. I feel like he's he's sneakily athletic, but also he smokes a lot. So I'm not sure how uh, how his lungs last. Actually, probably pretty long now at this point. But I would choose Carlos. I think we gotta would have. Love- I gotta love that we did not choose our significant others, Duggar. That's that's just great. Yeah, yeah, I know. She's gonna hear this too, so that'll be, uh, <laughs> that'll, be fan- that'll be that'll be fantastic. But you know, shout outs to her, and I, you know, gave her encouragement. She's got a former athleticism, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Exposing the the exposing part that's not gonna work well after the show's over. So it's a it's a business decision. Mm, okay. All right. Well, listen. Nonetheless, that's happening on Wednesday nights. It's back and it's not doing very well, huh, Mills? Um, I think people are over the kind of general format of the show. And then also, I don't know. They also have bad mark. I feel I don't want to say bad marketing because I don't want to necessarily just shit all over their marketing. But I feel like they need to start getting in places where they weren't before. And right. they are they they really just appeal to like the general swath of America. And it's like, I see them do a lot of promo on like Barstool and they'll do a lot of promo on Variety or People Magazine or us. Like you need to, you have people of color on your show, use them in other fucking things, man. Like come on, like expand it beyond just that. Um, But is it also the issue of too much? There's, there were, there have been three seasons this year alone. Yeah, like, that- it might be that. I mean, I love it, but yes, it might be. Uh, it plus, might be uh, plus Paramount Plus also. So that's four or five because they did they did two All Stars in one year, I think, right? right? Or Stars in one year. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and they're doing them, um, and they're bringing All Stars back, and they're doing their War of the Worlds thing that they promised <laughs> that no no one wants to do, and they did Challenge USA, but you got completely bad press for that final. So, um. It might be a little bit too much, but hey, at this point, also, everything, all the ratings are going down for all these shows, so uh, the challenge is not exempt. They they reached their peak during the pandemic. They were the first kind of like new original show during the pandemic because they managed to record it in 2019. So by the time it, it released, like, 
April, the first week of April in the pandemic, and everyone was like, oh my God, new television. So they were <laughs> booming with the ratings. They had over a million damn near every week. Um, but now, yeah, it's a little bit different. But hey, what are you going to do? It, it, you rather watch that or you rather watch um, the other show on Wednesday nights, which will actually be, as we're recording this, it'll be on yeah. Tuesday night tonight. So, yuck. Hey, man, choose, listen. Choose with your wallets. Choose with your wallets. What you watching tonight, Dugger? Uh, well, tonight's opening night in the NBA, honestly. That's so, what I'm saying. Basketball is going to overrule. Sports, like how Mio says like he watches the challenge over wrestling, I'll watch sports over other sports over wrestling. So opening night in the NBA, I mean, I'm never, I'm not watching Dynamite anyway. I just, like, just like how Eve says, you know, once a month just to make sure it's trash. But the thing, the thing is, is that right. I I had actually thought about when we were when when we knew the war report was gonna take a week off. I was like, maybe I should just watch. Die. And I said, no. <laughs> and I said, we'll just let it go. I was like, yo, I was gonna be like, yo, hand me the files. I'll just we we'll just do the show. I'll just do the show and find somebody. And I was like, absolutely, I'm not watching Dynamite. I can't. No, I can't. why not? Why why would you at this point? I value um, I value myself too much to do that. But um, sorry. speaking of Dynamite. Um, AEW docuseries has uh, is going to begin filming in a month. Uh, it's going to feature a behind the scenes look at AEW uh, from from a November to I believe January, and this was just announced a couple of days ago. AEW and WB Discovery uh, coming up with new ways to to expand their programming for AEW a little bit more. No word on when it's going to air or what channel it will air on, but I'm very interested to see how this is going to work and how they're going to frame this That's whole what I'm thing. <laughs> <laughs> like November through January. Okay. <laughs> Back it up a little bit more. Let's get the good shit. <laughs> exactly. I think it allows them to not actually have to address it. And if you're thinking of this, right, and Kenny and the gang do come back and punk or whatever, how do you address that? Because you've never addressed it on your actual interviews or TV. And how do you make Tony Khan a character on the television show <laughs> that people would want to watch or making these do you really want to see the madness of what goes on behind the closed doors do you really want to see this i feel like just in general this eight i mean i'm fascinated i like docuseries but it's gotta be good and it's gotta like it's gotta be beyond just the wrestling right like it's gotta be these to have this human life aspect and who are they gonna cover and i'm sure there's gonna be eddie kingston in there i'm sure it'll be chris jericho i'm sure it's gonna be I don't know if Daniel Bryan wants to do any more TV shows. Um, maybe Renee Paquette. We'll talk about it a little bit. But um, it's got to be interesting. It's got to address the elephant in the room. And it's got to see how AEW is kind of like rolling through the punches with this, in my opinion, if you're going to actually do a docuseries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Duggar? I got no idea what can make people want to watch this <laughs> zero like is this just like holdover because there's no um what's the youtube show that that the elite were doing oh uh, being the elite yeah, yeah are being... they just are they just trying to fill that gap like what are we gonna see maybe maybe we'll see jade because apparently she doesn't show up on tbs anyway so maybe you'll get that but i got no idea What's there for them to showcase? 
that isn't something we've already seen, but also like you're not going to address anything that we actually want to see. Swerve in the studio. Yo, this is how I'm making my album, my first Uh, album. The best thing thing I could think that they would do is make this like NFL Hard Knocks, which, which airs on HBO, which is really does give you a look into and the thing is I, I don't watch NFL but like I think that Hard Knocks is like a really um really expertly done documentary type style and I I wish that more shows and more companies would do things like this. I mean even like Ultimate Fighter and stuff like that I felt were like really good to show day-to-day type stuff to people. But I, I don't know how you do that with a, do that with AEW. I think there's a lot of really cool stories for sure of the people back there that that are that are you know in AEW but Everyone wants to know what's going on with the scrum. So um, let's move on from this on to some new signings and re-signings on the AEW. First up, this was announced right before Dynamite on, on last Wednesday. Renee Paquette signed with AEW. Um, I guess it, was, it wasn't hard to see that this was coming with John Moxley's uh, re-signing last week um, all the way up to the next five years and how he'll be a linchpin in terms of creative and talent, talent development in AEW. And she was she was announced and she debuted right that night. And on the interviews, she's saying uh, me and Tony don't really have a plan for what we're going to do. We're just working it out as we go. And now uh, Tony's saying today and in, in Sports Illustrated, she's producing backstage segments. What do you think, Mills? She got experience producing backstage segments? <laughs> not, not to say that she doesn't, but I'm just like, I'm so... Maybe she does. To be honest with you, maybe there are some people who were previously doing that that are currently just currently missing, and we don't know what they're doing anymore. But um, I think Renee Paquette is incredibly talented. Um, I'm inter- I was con- I was confused why she wasn't signed, you know, a while ago, um, since she seemed to always kind of be in the orbit of AEW. Um, However, I don't know. I feel like she needs to do something else. Like, I'm not someone to like, okay, let me dictate your entire career and what you should be doing and et cetera, et cetera, like that. But I always felt like she was, she didn't have to do professional wrestling. I think even her personality, she's good at what she does. But I think the whole world could use a personality like her or she at least starts grinding in other ways and stuff like that. I didn't expect her necessarily come back around to wrestling after leaving wrestling, but we'll see what happens. I mean, she's a, she's talented at what she does. And she definitely, I think is better than having Tony jump off the announce booth to go interview someone real quick to run back, to do a commentary for a 40 minute match right afterwards. So I think it's definitely better than that, but uh, you know, we'll see where this goes. Right. And I mean, you you have her here. She's not on commentary, which I feel like she'd be better at she'd be better at, to be honest. But um I, I remember when, I remember when she got when she left WWE and people said she's gonna be she's gonna be the biggest mistake that they ever let go. She's gonna do big in sports and all this other stuff. And I just I, I haven't seen that kind of shake out. I just feel like her going back to wrestling is kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you that's know? what I felt like. I don't know. Maybe maybe I hold her in too high of a regard. Gosh, that, that sounds bad. Um, <laughs> I feel like maybe I expected – damn, that even sounds bad. I'm trying not to sound bad because I like Renee, but I always felt like she was she could do so much more. 
and that WWE was just going to be the stepping stone for one thing. And I think WWE on Fox, the 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 backstage show, backstage, was just one thing that was like, oh, okay, she could sink her teeth in it being an actual host. And then she's back doing, you know, the same thing that she's doing. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and then after that, today it was just announced that Chris Jericho signed another extension to see his uh, his uh, tenure in AEW continue until 2025. He's got increased duties in the back, including creative, including talent development, including a lot of things. And the report that was sent to Variety, which had some very like strange in kayfabe comments from Chris Jericho and from AEW themselves, which made me wonder why the hell they sent this to Variety <laughs> with all of this silly wrestling jargon in it. But um, uh, he says that pretty much Tony kind of checks in some some of the time, but he gets to do what he wants now, and he's he's very happy about that. Um, I am very weary about this for a lot of reasons right because isn't this what you ran into before with the elite and cm punk giving them office jobs and cody giving them office jobs and letting them run the show that does not work out well and you're doing it again with three brand new signings and a lot of personnel changes over the last couple weeks what do you think douglas no one uh no one fails to see their problems go wrong and then decide oh, we should do something different until like it fails like the sixth time, you know? So if you're going to give everyone, you gave Cody control, you gave the Bucks control, you gave Kenny control, you see how that happens. I feel like it's only natural for him to be like, you know what, Jericho? You're someone I can trust. I don't know why you want to trust Jericho of all people, but then who else are you going to trust there? I'm kind of surprised that like, Danielson doesn't have anything going on there, like backstage wise, right. unless he don't want to be involved. But I mean, if you're gonna seek or swim with Jericho, shit, you made that bad lie in it. <laughs> I, I don't know what Danielson wants to do <laughs> anymore. I mean, we are a week removed from Danielson losing another world title uh, match against uh, Chris Jericho. I, wh- what do you think of of, of that, uh, Mills? I think, well, just backing up to the signing itself, I would say if anyone out of, you know, Kenny and the Bucks, I think Chris Jericho has kind of way more active experience. That's only, that's the, that's the big pro I see out of this, as opposed to like um, doing something like with Kenny and Young Bucks, because Chris Jericho has that, you know, big time WWE experience. He's traveled worldwide. He's seen a lot of things. He's helped produce a lot of things. He has an actual resume of things that have worked and people are, know him so and i think he has a um in terms of reinventing his character and being able to deliver you know uh exciting new stuff i think he managed to have done that and has managed to stick it out so i think he is in terms of like okay backstage stuff and producing and advising and with creative and stuff i think he's way more qualified than uh the contemporaries who we have no idea where they are currently but um the 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 ROH title thing. I don't think it's a bad idea for him to have the ROH title. I just think my only thing is, and I I put out a tweet last week and it got a lot of traction stuff. I feel like with Brian Danielson losing all these world title opportunities, yeah, he may not want it, but I feel like there's a better way to utilize him 
that would be beneficial for other people on the show as opposed to him losing to Chris Jericho. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's better ways we can use him. I mean, I'm sure this is spinning off into the Daniel Garcia thing, but I think there are way better ways how to use him on the show than just have him lose to Chris Jericho over and over and over again. Right. Um, so Jericho's back for a while. He'll be able to do whatever he wants. And everyone knows when you're in a storyline with Jericho, you, you end up having less traction than Jericho does at the end of it. And Daniel Bryan seems to be another victim of this. And we get another three years of this in AEW. So who knows what's going to happen? But I know Jericho was waiting, biding his time for the elite to fuck up so he could get this opportunity. Is there a, is there a world where the elite can come back in their same roles with these new roles that were given to um, Moxley and Jericho? Is, is this kind of like a soft reboot of the company where we're saying, okay, this is where we're going without the elite? Go off, Duggar. <laughs> I mean, and if if you you like to compare AEW to a startup, so it feels very much like they're doing that good old reorg. Like we're not gonna lay nobody off, but we're gonna give people different responsibilities and still keep people in the fold, even if they probably shouldn't be here. Right. Uh, right. So. I think you can still bring them back. I really think Punk's the only one that can't come back. I think if you bring, you can bring back the elites. I think the that crowd, they'll miss them, and as soon as they come back, they'll they'll go crazy. They'll still have their backstage roles because I think genuinely, from everything that sounded like it sounded like everyone kind of sided with them and didn't side with Punk and his shit. So as long as it's Punk that doesn't come back, I feel like everyone will be good. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't see Punk coming back. I, I can't see that happening. I, I think that that well is just poisoned so badly at this point for him to come back. I think, I don't know. I just feel like they they definitely can't come back. Oh well, there we are. Um, once an episode, right there. There we go. That's them. That's um, them. <laughs> all right. I'm actually gonna stop talking until this goes away. <laughs> you know, while you do that, it's funny you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Justin that Jericho gets his thing, and then everyone like kind of goes away at that point. And it just hit me like Claudio lost that title. What has he been doing since then? <laughs> Come on, All right. they said it was a game. Ch- they said it was. They said it was game changing. They they called me a weirdo. They called me a sicko, and I said no. They overpaid for this man. Just to be clear, all right, since it's moved away, to be clear, kind of what I wanted to say, I don't think any of them should be in charge. I don't even think Tony Khan should be in charge. I think Tony Khan <laughs> should definitely have the keys to the castle and overall executive decision on everything that goes you know, forward. But I think, to be honest with you, with him being the head of creative, him, you know, doing all these other things, it is just kind of be- he has the, the one thing i you know i said this a couple of weeks ago and i still stand for it is one thing that plus said is like this man essentially had in 2017 outside of the difference between you know the amount of money that we have has essentially the same credentials to run a wrestling company as we do someone who's just highly invested into the sport and highly invested into it and wants to make different decisions but 
necessarily may not be qualified because they don't have that actual experience within the field. And I feel like it's constantly showing week by week with AEW that this man doesn't necessarily have that experience, but you can go out and you can find that experience. You can go out and find people who have experience in television. You can go out and find people who have experience in wrestling. I think Chris Jericho, once again, a big, you know, part of that, okay, has these ex- this experience in wrestling, but why not reach out to other people who have experience in TV, who have experience in, you know, what, to basically handle the responsibilities as opposed to like delegating these like tiny little things like, Oh, he's going to have a little bit more input in creative. I'm like, yeah, but you know, you realize that's, that he's part, he's like wrestling full time. And we've seen this before. It's so many times in the past of people who it's a conflict of interest, especially when you let a lot of the, the, the prisoners run the asylum and it's a very loose kind of format. We've seen this in the past of people who have creative control and people who have, you know, want to do right by these guys and maybe they don't see it for these guys. And it's a big conflict of interest and it caused more division backstage. And again, these are the same mistakes that WCW made a very, very long time ago that we're seeing replicated. And do I think that Chris Jericho will be to the extent of what Kevin Nash was, where he was a full on booker? No, but. I think it's a major conflict of interest that he is uh, a what famous last words, what you just said right there. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, he remember he said that because we always write on this show. Okay, remember, he said that that Chris Jericho not about to be a booker. Remember that. Remember that. What title is he holding right now? I mean, the ROH title. (laughs) What show you think he's about to be booking? What show you think they? Why you think they gave him an extension? What show you think he's about to be booking if they get a weekly? The the R, the ROH show that's apparently coming. Like that's not coming. No way. <laughs> like, Mills, that whole that whole shit is intertwined in his whole his thing. It has more it has more visibility on the show than it ever has. Absolutely, when with he, Chris Jericho, when, that's Chris Jericho the champion for sure. Exactly. And not even just him, the other parts of art, like Prince Nana came back. And I said, what the fuck is he on this show? Nobody knows who this guy is anymore. This is for people that are like my age. <laughs> like, come on, man. Anyway, yeah. let's get off. We got we have more AW talk because apparently now they have all the news going on right now. Um, listen, man, Ariel Hawani, I got to I got to give I got to clap for him, man. Because my thing is this, he's taking it to wrestling media, wrestling journalists who don't know how to really do this shit, who go to these scrums and they kiss ass and kiss the ring and kiss the feet, whatever you want to say. And he, you know, he put out that the Tony Khan interview that he did two weeks ago was not enjoyable for him. And why it wasn't enjoyable for him was obviously, as we as we already know, that Tony wouldn't answer any questions. People were upset. They kept bringing up a fucking legal issue that we have no clue is even true. If it was a legal issue, we would. What's a pre lawsuit? What, like, say it. You're allowed to say this is a legal matter. I can't speak on it. He can say that. And he can also say how he feels about something. So Ariel Hawani actually went on the Wrestling Observer, a, a podcast that's on their network, shit on Alvarez for about 30 minutes and talked about why he didn't enjoy it and, you know, brought up facts about he did a voiceover for extreme rules he did it for free um he's, he's done content with wwe he's talked about what he talked about with triple h they keep bringing up this thing meals where they're like well, why didn't you bring up vince 
It's not com- oh, he, well. His explanation not, was not it. It's not comparable. He's right. Yeah, it's not comparable. Yeah, in terms of like these are things that clearly <laughs> this man can speak about how he feels about it. Whereas even with Triple H, like he could ask him, but he's gonna get the same dance around thing that he, he he gets. You know, essentially from Tony Khan. But I think it's not comparable the situation of something that's like ongoing that happened under his watch that he can actually comment on as opposed to something that has nothing really to do with triple H <laughs> um, by extension. Triple H now is the head of creative at a company, but the situation he hasn't been involved in at all. Whereas you can tell from the media scrum thing, this was a situation that directly involves Tony Khan because he is the one who has made the decisions, not only to suspend the people who are there, but maybe if there is some lawsuit that people are making up, you know, that he's engaged with this as well, but he, he can say how he feels and he just chose not to. And I think it made for a, um, it made for, well, I didn't watch the interview, but apparently it made for a bad interview. Um, it's the first 30 minutes he's asking questions and the last 30 minutes he's going along with the, uh, the, the PR that Tony wanted to do on the show where he wanted to just talk about how great he was. That's literally all the interview was. Yuck. <laughs> it feels like red flags. It feels like major red flags, in my opinion, especially if you can't be um, as transparent that you want to be, as transparent as you want to be, even though we built this company on being essentially transparent with how you handle things. Um, they, they have oh, not been transparent about anything ever. Ever. They have never been transparent about anything. They still don't even talk about Cody leaving. It's um, you know, especially with with the NBA starting tonight. I never forget that day where people tried to like say that like certain. I'm gonna put quotations on them being wrestling journalists, but like trying to compare them to like Shams and Woj, and I was like, that's way too disrespectful to be putting putting that comparison out. But like you notice in sports that like. You can check baseball. You can definitely check like the NFL and most recently the NBA. Like the commissioners get checked. Like journalists no. got no problem questioning them when they make certain decisions or like, hey, did you act on this? Like that Phoenix Sun stuff that happened in a month back and Adam Silver put out this whole statement. People are like, you are definitely bullshitting and lying through your teeth about this. And they asked him like straight up front. Like he had a press conference. It wasn't even going on the podcast. So, like, if you're going to be the owner and be the face, you need to handle that. Like, you want to compare yourself to Vince. Like, when Austin walked out, Vince did a whole documentary on it. It's on the it's on Peacock. <laughs> Him and JR are, like, slandering Austin for, like, 30 minutes straight <laughs> and, like, addressing it. So, if you can't handle tough questions and even have, like, a PR answer, like, hey, you know, maybe we're not willing to talk about this or like something else but like trying to run from it yeah you can't do that you're not built this nigga nigga scrapping backstage yeah on a weekly basis at this point but (laughs) like even even like for instance Even on, and granted, it's on their own network, even when Austin have the podcast with Vince McMahon on and, and Triple H on, he asked them about the CM Punk situation. Um, 
which they largely kept mum on, but they definitely express how they necessarily feel about what went on there. And he won't even do that there. So it's like, you know, it made for a bad interview. Obviously, people jumped in his mentions because they felt like you weren't keeping it the same energy. And these are usually the same people who either come at us about tribalism and why we shouldn't be tribalists about professional wrestling. Yet, listen, you're going to like who you like. I'm not going to say, listen, tribalism, yes, it's a very dangerous thing. It's even worse. And it's, but it, it's affected all forms of entertainment at this point. Like we're, li- we're watching female rappers go at it from week to week based on stand battles. And this is the stand battles and tribalism is damn near close to the same thing at this point. Um, but it's a very real thing and you're able to like who you want to like. And I don't think, in my opinion, if you want to be critical about a company, I don't see any problem with being critical about a company as long as you, you, to be honest, are able to call out that when other companies do the same thing, when other companies aren't right about this. But you should be feel free to call out a company like everyone has their opinions and everyone's going to side with who they side with. It's just human nature. Everyone's going to go with what feels comfortable to them. Everyone's going to side with essentially what they like better. Um, That's just how it is. But. I don't know. This should... wrestling internet is weird, man. Like it, it just oh, yeah. is. Week to week, we know. Um, let's get off AEW here. We're we're doing the we're doing the war reports duties here this week. Of course. Um, this is why they're distressed and need a week off. Everything makes sense now. <laughs> uh, WWE day one canceled. Um, it was reported last weekend that it was off the schedule, uh, and there will not be a PLE. Uh, schedule between uh, November when Survivor Series happens and January when Royal Rumbles happens. So that's at least like a month and a half. Damn. And that's, I always feel like that's like the, it's a hard point during the year. <laughs> like, yeah, with the holidays, but like, I would hope that they get a little bit of extra time off because I, I know day one was a tough one. Like the, the first day of the new year, like that's a crazy travel day. Um, it seems as though this is this has to do with the fact that there's like college football games going on that day, and and with Peacock and and um, NBC playing a lot of them, there was a conf- there was definitely like a conflict of schedule there. Um, so it makes a lot of sense why they would have they would have you know pushed that um, to another time. But uh, yeah, it looks like it's off the schedule. I'm I'm not really mad at. It. I saw a lot of people being like, "Well, Triple H is taking away everything that Vince made." Why do they do that? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. To be honest, it's day one. Like it's not. I'm not. I'm not arguing about day one. I'm not defending I like, day one. I didn't even like day one last year. So why y'all? Yeah. Why y'all arguing it now? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not really. I don't feel anything about day one. Like day one is day one. If it happens it does or doesn't, it's whatever at this point. I'm not clamoring for more pay per views on the calendar. To be honest with you. Um, or PLEs at this point. It really doesn't matter to me. And I don't think you guys care either, <laughs> if no. I'm being really honest. Because yeah, it's, but January 1st is going to come and go, and no one's going to ask. I bet motherfucking day ones, man. If we only had in day one pay-per-views. It's, no one's going <laughs> to say that. I don't know. They were like, oh, man, they're taking away. They're taking away everything Vince did. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. I'm like, what? The hell up, man? It's just, it's just a one pay-per-view. And then if that's the case... Hopefully they make their TV stronger. You know what I mean? Like just make the, make better TVs. You know what I mean? Like just have something for us to watch and look forward to. Make the Royal Rumble feel like a bigger deal this year than it has being wedged between another pay-per-view the same month. You know? So 
make it a big deal. No more TLC this this December. That's fine. Um, not 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 a not a big fan of that one either anymore. So just you heard, do something. You heard over the edge is coming back. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm praying that that report from that Twitter account was that like you know how sometimes it feels like WWE's paint like 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 peppering in some fake news along with real news. I feel like that might be like a like like one of the things because they're trying to say that like uh, no way out is going to be in Saudi, and I'm like yo, what? <laughs> Nick, why? I'm talking like a rib to y'all. <laughs> exactly. I'm like wait, that doesn't that doesn't even like they're smarter than that. <laughs> you know on, what I'm saying? The plain, the plain thing was three years ago at this point. <laughs> like, come on, we got to be smarter than that. No way out in Saudi would be hilarious though. Um, I I'm leaving the internet. If that happens, um, Bobby Lashley's insane pitch to Vince McMahon. Did you guys hear about this? Uh, Bobby uh, said in the latest interview that he pitched to Vince McMahon that he wanted to weigh, he wanted to gain about 70, 80 pounds and then have a storyline where MVP would try to get him back in shape. And this would lead to his babyface turn. And Vince McMahon said, absolutely fucking not. But um, it's one of those wild stories that makes you think like, for as many of the of, of the things that we hate or we don't like on TV, like a lot of the talent might really be into that shit. This is why this sh- you can't give everyone creative control. This is. This I was is just about to say that life. this shit would have definitely happened in AEW, like yes. for sure. <laughs> for sure, Jericho gains eighty pounds. Yeah, Jericho already tried it. Remember, Jericho basically <laughs> did this, right? He he went through this, except. Instead of depression, NBA Twitter just got on him, and then now he's in shape. So this is kind of happened. But yeah, don't Bobby. Yeah, that that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> All right. So um, there's no report this week, as as we've announced. But this weekend they have a pay per view, and it is Halloween Havoc emanating from. They need to leave. They need to leave uh, the PC. And I know Shawn Michaels has said. It is absolutely a plan that they're making right now, but this needs to be the last pay-per-view that they do in Orlando for the for the foreseeable future. But um, really big build up to this. They've been building this since around uh, late August uh, after Worlds Collide. I, I will say like the most I, I would say the most kind of um, focused build that they've had. Like they've been announcing matches for this for the past month and a half. So like I, I'll, I'll say that they, they've been doing a good job here. But we're gonna run through the show really quick. Uh, just just to to um, give a shout out to to Quan and Cyrus as they would that would have usually done this. Let's start it off with Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp in an ambulance match. If Julius loses, Brutus Creed will be forced to leave NXT. Who, who am I playing today? Am I playing Quan or am I playing Cyrus? You're playing both because I haven't really watched <laughs> NXT like that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna weigh in anyway. An ambulance match seems very extreme. <laughs> like we're, I was like, whoa, okay. Well, I mean, um, he put, put Roderick Strong in one, so makes sense. And Roderick Strong also a character in his own right, clearly <laughs> has not left the ins- asylum as of yet. I wonder how his deal is going. I wonder how many extensions he's signing because he's clearly still where he's at um, for a reason. I feel like he's gonna he's out of there when he gets healthy. I think I think I think the whole crew is out of there. I feel like I mean it, it looks like it's gonna be like gang warfare on the main roster. All these damn stables that are popping up. Why why not another one? <laughs> Add another one to the to the party. Um, this this is this has been a very kind of contentious thing. I feel as though it was supposed to be Roderick, but he got injured and they they switched course to Damon Kemp, which 
to me is probably the better choice. I just don't feel like that Roderick Strong character had a lot of heat going to it. And if it ended up being him that was doing all of the the shady shit behind the scenes, I wouldn't have really been as excited or or, or um, interested as I would have been in Damon Kemp, who who so sorely needed a character, right? He needed to have something. He needed to have some heat. And I think they've been doing a pretty good job with him. I, I, I enjoyed some of the vignettes he's been doing. He sounds like one of those, like, Mom, I hate my mom type dudes. You, you know what he reminds me of? Say, remember the Mega Man cartoon? Oh, the uh, Guts Man? Yeah, <laughs> that's what he reminds me of. I'm like, yo, you're very much so Gutsman because you're kind of like, you know, Julius Creed is like the all, well, I don't even know if he's Gutsman. He's the guy with the with the fucking cape. Um, oh, he's kind of like Gutsman too. Shit. All right. He's kind of like both of them. Either way, Mega Man antagonist. Um, but that's what he reminds me of. He doesn't even remind me of like a last villain or that we take it seriously as a villain. He just kind of reminds me of this like jealous, you know, um upperclassman who doesn't like Julius Creed is getting all the attention and and and, and so if uh if Julius Creed loses Brutus Creed will have to leave NXT and I'm like what a wild because on one hand you have to like consider it right <laughs> am i right am i bugging i consider do what? like consider if Brutus Creed leaves NXT I mean, no. loser, leave, loser leaves <laughs> matches. Loser leave matches apparently does has holds no weight in NXT anyway because you could just pick up your friends and go to SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I guess you wouldn't want to separate the creeds. But yeah, it's got to be like if one goes, we all go. But uh, if Kemp don't win, I feel like you'll just never see him again. So. Like what does he where does he go after this? I guess. Um, I don't think you break them up at all. I think Roger comes out. I think Roger comes back. I I would say that if he's on TV, he's healthy. <laughs> I I would not. You, you don't you don't just put him on TV if he's not healthy. Like they usually NXT keeps people off completely if they're not ready to go. Roger showed up. I would think that he plays a part in this. I think it'd be a good pop. Put Diamond Mind. Um, I, I would say you do this and then you just kind of let the, dam- the diamond mind stuff end. It's time for the Creeds to have their own identity. It's time for Ivy now to have her own identity. It's time for Roger Strong to leave. And, and I think that's that's really where they should go with this. Roger Strong is the uh, is the tech employee who just doesn't want a promotion. And just sticks <laughs> around. But like, they're not going to quit because the benefits are too good. But it's also like, do you not want more for yourself at this point? And he's just like, nah, I'm nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. You know, <laughs> like they super, pay me more. Super senior type shit. Um, we have another spin the wheel, make the deal match. I didn't even realize this was a, a spin the wheel, make the deal match. But I think it got announced a couple of days ago. Apollo Crews versus Grayson Waller. Cr- spooky Apollo Crews. I have no clue what this nigga's powers are. Okay. I don't know what the fuck is up with this character. I really feel like he asked for this, though. I really feel like this is like a creation from his own mind. This this needs to be his send-off back to the main roster because <laughs> they go, why are you here? <laughs> like, you have done nothing of note, to be honest with you. Um, I'm into this match if uh, Mark Long shows up and, and, and does something crazy. That's why I'm, I'm you know, big challenge guy. So I'm into this Thank match if, if, if that happens. I'm not really into Grayson losing so many matches. He loses at a very a, a fair clip, 
and especially like some of his big his big time matches i would have thought he would have had at least the north american by now if not the tag team titles but um i think apollo needs to win he he took a really kind of crappy loss to grayson a couple weeks ago um and they're, they're really going towards this bleeding eye thing he looked like it looked like grayson had like the bleeding like the 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 red eye uh filter from tiktok on that other week oh, i was like well, how did they <laughs> how did they how did they do that um, but I think it'll be a good match. I, I think I think Grayson is one of the most the more underrated talents on the mic and in the ring in NXT. It's just that they have not really had a place to put him because he's not like a work rate monster like the guys at the top. And of course, he's obviously no Braun Breaker. And I I, I just feel like they need to have a place for him if if they're gonna have him on the show and be featured this much and have his own like cutting edge like segment. But um, it should be cool. What, what do you think, Duggar? Did I if I'm correct? Didn't they also have? Apollo do something with Chucky. I feel like I saw a promo like involving Chucky. And my, my nigga, he is Chucky on the show. Oh, it is, like, <laughs> like he does some really crazy shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, sad, 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 sad. He's got some voodoo going on. I don't know what you're doing, Apollo, but keep doing it, I guess, because like he ain't doing nothing on on Friday nights or Monday nights. Uh, I I like Waller. Honestly, I like his promo skills. I, I think he's really fire. Plus, he does have like just like this, just like sincere, like you're an asshole to him <laughs> that just works, especially in a crowd like Florida where he just shits on them all the time. Uh, <laughs> so I'm actually say Waller gets the win because like, what does Apollo need this one for? He don't need this. Start putting guys over. Um I feel like this match is going to open the show, but the next match we're going to talk about is a ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. Of course, this was vacated after Solo Sokoa showed up in a match he wasn't supposed to be in, won the title, was allowed to carry it to SmackDown, and then they said, never mind, we got to get that back from you. The main roster has other plans. Um, Carmelo Hayes versus Oro Mensa versus Wesley versus Von Wagner versus Nathan Frazier. Bunch of jumpy, flippy guys and a big nigga. They love doing this in NXT. Ladder match. I don't know who half of these niggas are, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> what what do I, you watch these niggas every week? <laughs> I, I, I just don't, I don't watch NXT you know every who, week. You know who Carmelo is. You know who I Oral know who Carmelo is. is. I have no idea who Oral Mensa or, is. Or who the, Wesley is. The, you know is, who Bob is. You know who Nathan Frazier is. What are you talking about? I don't know who Nathan Frazier is. Isn't that You've Seth been, Rollins I've seen you in spoiler talk. I've seen you in spoiler talk talking when on episodes he's been on. All right, hold on. Let me see. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm literally Googling him is right now. Is this a bit? No. <laughs> I have no idea who Nathan <laughs> Frazier is. Oh, okay. All right. It's that guy. Um, I don't really know a lot of these people or what they've been doing over the last number of months, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I don't know the trajectory of most of these people. Um... I will say Carmelo Hayes is like to me hands and feet above a lot of these guys um in terms no of actual star power. But it's time to go with someone else for the NXT North American Championship. I think like it would it, be a I think it would be a big disservice to give it back to a heel at this point. Um I, I've really been on the Von Wagner should have a title thing because I feel like he is like the, the best heel you could go with to have this title. I, I, I feel really strongly that that is what they're going to do. But if they don't, you just gave Nathan Frazier like at least an hour of your airtime spread out over the last month doing a best of three with um with Axiom. So 
to me, he seems like the the next best thing to do so. Um, it seems like they have a lot of faith in him. I just don't think that Wesley as a singles is like, he's not there for me right now. And without Nash Carter, I think they just need to figure something out <laughs> with that situation. I don't really know. We don't, you know, they need to figure something out with that. Uh, Oral Mensa's new. I mean, him and Carmelo seem to have a, a, a clear cut few coming out of this. And I think that would be the best direction for him to get Oral over. Um, but I, I think it's probably Von Wagner is going to win this match. I I can't go for Von Wagner because I honestly really wanted Chase U to be represented in this match. <laughs> honestly, like I don't I'm like me. It's like I don't really get much NXT time in there, but I've seen like the vignettes and the promos from Chase U and I'm just like, wh- like kind of like with Waller, like why doesn't this guy have a title? Um, I, I think I'm going to roll with Wesley just on the strength of like, hey, you've been through a lot this year. Yeah. <laughs> Like your man's your man's is gone. It took you away from tag titles. It even took you he doesn't even have like a he has an MSK interest still in like WWE, like 2K22. Like they couldn't fix nothing for him. So yeah. for like a sign of good faith of just like, hey, way to stick through it. Let's give Wesley a, a, a nice little North American title run. I hope it's not Carmelo, because Carmelo just needs to do something else. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Wesley. Right. I'm, I'm gonna also go with Wesley. I like to go to his jib. I really don't feel like yeah, like anyone else should have it besides him. I don't know. Vaughn is cool, but I feel like Vaughn is just go to the main roster now. You got to be like a heavy for somebody else. Um. Next up, Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire for the NXT Women's Championship. I've not bet against Mandy ever, and I don't think anyone should, but. I mean, is this the is this the point where she leaves? Is this her breaking point? I feel like she's I feel like there are a bunch of women that are either hobbled or hurt on the main roster. You need three fresh bodies. I think the tag team championships need competitors. I is this the time for Toxic Attraction to leave NXT? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say, but nah. I think Alba Fire is probably losing and she's the one who's leaving NXT. <laughs> She's been around for a minute. Um, clearly, they could use her on the main roster. Uh, she's got her. She's she's perfected the look. She's perfected the entrance. She's perfected all the fire stuff. Let her go, Mandy. You can really kind of still play around with. And I think there's another match on this card with one of the competitors who I could see as a future NXT Women's Champion. But um, yeah, I think Mandy. It's still Mandy time for sure. I really want to know, like, years down the road, how we got here, where Mandy Rose became the person that they saw and was like, you're untouchable for the next year. It was always that case, to be honest with you. I've always felt like they they were very high on Mandy Rose, even when Mandy Rose wasn't high to begin with. But I always felt like they were very high on Mandy Rose. And and by virtue of bringing her down to NXT and giving her this reign, just show continues to show how high they were always on her. Right. Um, I do kind of feel like, like, I mean, like, I feel like whoever does lose, it's main roster time. Like, there's, unless, unless Alba's going to, to Europe in January, when that, I think that kicks off in January. Um, yeah, that means Europe. They they have won an Alba on the main roster for a long, long time. It's just a matter of how she's going to get there. 
Hmm. I'm going to say Mandy keeps the title. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, after that, I, I, I really feel like, I feel like this match isn't going to main event. But so I'm going to talk about it now. But Ron Breaker versus Ilya Dragunov versus JD McDonough. I feel like it's not going to main event. There's been like not as much hype for this as there has been for uh, Roxanne versus Cora. They, yeah. They've done Roxanne versus Cora a, a really big. They've given it a big presentation here. I'll be honest. I haven't seen much of this program at all, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I haven't seen much. I guess. I don't know. I, ju- I just haven't seen much. But if I had to bet on someone, it's probably going to be Braun because he sticks out like a sore thumb. I really don't think Braun is losing until like Mania next year. Like. Yeah, I I mean, I, I question putting JD back here instead of Tyler Bate. Um, I think this is a great coming out party for Ilya Drogonoff. I just don't think he comes back and gets the title straight up. I, I really think I would much rather had seen a one-on-one Braun Breaker versus Ilya match. But I understand that they don't want to beat him either. So it seems like Sean the only guy... JD. No, no, I mean, that, that, I mean, him and Ilya, those are his guys. On, right. on NXT, hey, those are his guys. So, like, the thing is, is that I feel like JD can take the loss. Ilya was barely beaten before he left. I think that will continue here. Um, but I, I just wonder where Braun goes from here if he doesn't lose the title. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like there aren't very many options for him to go unless you're going to do Carmelo versus Braun Breaker finally and we have that match, which I think they should be working towards for 2023 if that's going to be the case. Um, I also have Braun Breaker winning. What about you, uh, Duggar? I am I'm on the fence. I'm I'm kinda like you. If if Braun does win, then I think me picking Wesley is also like, all right, it's time to do Mello versus Braun. Like you can't hold this off anymore. I don't know where either of them go, like if if that happens. But I think I'm gonna go with Braun. I guess I would also ask y'all this too, like assuming Braun and Mandy both retain. Who would y'all think would be the first one to lose? Because, like, I know we talk about, like, Roman's been champ two years, but he's been holding, like, the world titles on main roster. I can't remember the last time the NXT men and the women's champ basically was in a tight grip on one person. I know Braun lost it to Dolph, and that happened earlier this year, but he's pretty much, if he hasn't been in the picture, he's been champ, so... Who do y'all think is going to lose, drop that title first between them two? But I am going with Braun winning. They're going to lose it the same night. <laughs> I think Mandy, yeah. I think if, I had a, if I had a gun to my head and like one of them got to lose before, I would say Mandy would lose before Braun. Because I feel like and Mandy's Braun, already established to a certain Braun, point and Braun can still go. And then Braun will lose it an hour later. They're literally probably going to lose it the same night. Like that's just what that's just where I feel like I, I feel like even him losing to Dolph Ziggler just seems like such an aberration just to get them on get him on the show a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Like I feel like Triple H wouldn't have done that had he been in charge at that point. I feel like they were just trying to do anything to get Braun on TV at that point. That's why he had him lose. I feel, um, if I had to guess, sorry, in terms of the direction of the women's division, I think Rock. Well, I, we're gonna get into the I guess main event. I was gonna say Rock yeah, I mean, Perez probably gonna win this shit. Let's talk about it. I mean, Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade. Spin the will make the deal. Weapons wild match. They are strongly presenting this as their Champa um, Gargano of the new the new generation. I'm not mad at that at all. I, I think that Roxanne, what she showed on SmackDown, we'll talk about that. I think Cora, what she's been able to show and her growth on the show after she turned heel, have been really phenomenal. I think these are the, the sky's the limit for the both of them. They're super young. 
They're they're super talented. They have and they're going to get better. Putting them in the main event to me is is the right choice. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for them to get violent in this match and, and really show some stuff that they haven't been able to show. Um, I, I believe Cora won the last match. Um, I would go with Roxanne this time. I think you you leave them at one and one, and then you do the third one for a title or something down the down the line. Nice, nice. I'm interested I I- in. Nah, I'm interested in kind of how this match is gonna go with all the weapons being used. <laughs> I'm like wondering what, how, how crazy we get in with this. You know, will someone will indeed get taxed? Will will just Shawn Michaels approve tax and not you know <laughs> Triple H? Who knows? But um, you know, I think we're looking right here. It's got to be a star making moment for one of these gals. Um. And I'm going to choose Roxanne at this point because Roxanne seems like uh, the the surefire thing. I really do think that either one of these ladies could win the NXT Women's Championship relatively soon, in my opinion. And I don't think it has to be a, a, a straight up win over Mandy. Um, but I do feel like what they're doing with Ilya and JD, they might do with Mandy, with Roxanne and Cora at some point. I think... Uh... I think I'm gonna go with Roxanne. I, I I will admit this the the SmackDown show out for her definitely helped raise the stakes um, and pique my interest more. It's like oh okay I can I, I see what you're doing out here. Um, you can never really go wrong with the best friends turn enemy storyline. So I think it'd be a cool spot to give them the main event. But I'm gonna go with Roxanne to get this one, and hopefully mm-hmm. a lot of violence. I, I think we're going to get the violence. And that was a Halloween Havoc 2022 um, for NXT that airs on Saturday. I'll be checking it out. Make sure you guys do as well. Uh, let's move on to SmackDown. I mean, the biggest thing to talk about on SmackDown is Bray Wyatt's return. Uh, he, he was he was announced on uh, the, that week, and then we waited all night for it. He, they gave him a full 10 minutes to do his thing. Uh, actually, more than 10 minutes. They gave him a full, damn near a whole segment to do his thing at the end of the show. Um, he comes out. He cuts a he cuts a promo that I thought was to me, in my in my opinion, like one of the one of the most surreal kind of really awesome promos that I've seen this year in 2022. He talks about um, how he is his uh, the you know the 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 personality or the the person or the character that he wanted to show us this whole time, and that was a real character. And obviously, we're thinking that it's a shoot. And it ends up being <laughs> part of the storyline <laughs> and it ends with something really interesting. So um, what do you guys think about the return of Bray Wyatt? The music. I don't know how he keeps doing it. I don't know how him in between him and Seth of like whatever gimmick they're in, the music never fails. Although it did sound a bit weird, but like once it kept going, I was like, oh, he's got another banger here. Um, thought the promo was really, really good. I was not expecting that that plot twist at the end for sure. Um, I know we all have our standard worries about him, but like you cross that bridge when you get there. But it was really good to just see him, see him back. It's kind of one of those things that like you did miss him, but you didn't realize like okay, this is what you missed until like he he appears again, you know. Um, but I thought the promo was really fantastic. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm what I'm worried about from like when they had the fiend, it felt like the fiend was on TV too much. Like it felt like every week for months, there was something with them. And I feel like Bray 
can be something where it's more spaced out, like similar to Roman. Like Roman doesn't need to be on SmackDown every week. Um, and I feel like Bray doesn't need to either, but I'm excited to see this. Um, I'm very, very pleasantly pleased, to be honest with you. As someone who's still somewhat of a doubter of Bray Wyatt in this situation, I think this moment was kind of undeniable for him. I think this moment kind of generally showed how popular he is in the ethos of WWE, how much he was wanted, how much he was missed, and how much he looks like he appreciates to be back. Um, I think they were doing an incredible story bit, but it seems like his past is kind trying to pretty much catch up with him at this point, even though he's trying to kind of like move away from it. He's showing a lot more strict, you know, Bray Wyatt, but ultimately the things that torment him in the past are trying to run away from it. And you got a one look at extreme rules and you got that kind of image, but then you also get like the other side on SmackDown and that kind of image and kind of like how you're piecing or that kind of thread together. Um, I'm interested to see where they go from here. I'm interested to see if he even feuds with anybody else at this point, because it really kind of feels like it's a it's a solo. This man, it feels like it's a soliloquy, like it's something that he needs to figure out himself before he gets to that point. And it feels like a strong reintroduction to things which could potentially lead to. I mean, if this gets popular enough, if this moves in a strong enough direction, I think, you know, I've been saying that the Roman feud isn't coming but if this gets to a big enough point, I could clearly see him being in the moving in the direction of Roman Reigns, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it, it becomes a point where you're too popular to, to fail and people are going to want to see you. And I'm not saying he has to win a title or anything like that. And he's a but, face, which is which is welcomed. In thank, this God. thank God. Thank <laughs> God. Thank God. So what do we think is going to happen here? So he, he was interrupted by the guy in the mask that he took the mask off, but it was actually the guy in the mask there. A lot of people are, are theorizing that it's going to be different versions of himself. I think the best way to keep him to where he is and not interjecting in anything else that's going on, I think the new characters that he's introducing are going to be his opponent opponents for the next couple of months. And that would be the Husky person or the, 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 fiend, the guy wearing the fiend mask. Those are going to be kind of his faces of Foley that he's going to be facing off against. And then we'll get the regular Bray Wyatt a couple months down the line after he's faced all of his demons. That is I think quite the, that's a story there. That's a story there for sure. I, I honestly, I don't know. I feel like if there's, it's very weird in me saying this, but if there's a way they could deal without deal with this without actually getting in the ring, I think I would prefer that um now that's impossible in professional wrestling to an extent but like it feels like all these things should be like a cutscene on their own or like exists not necessarily in its own world but like this is something he i oh i feel like this is still part of the return process for bray wyatt like this isn't necessarily like he's not returning and like this is his opponents and stuff like that i feel like this is still all part of the process just as the but just as the rabbit thing was and may, I don't know, maybe I'm bugging. Maybe I'm like overthinking this because I'm trying to like figure out where they're actually going with this now. But um, I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm, I'll say no matter what, I'm intrigued. This could be a good spot, especially because it's Bray and all that you hear about like how much he's into it like creatively. This is probably a good spot if you can somehow do cinematic matches again. This seems like this would be ideal if it 
like kind of like what Mia said, like how do how can you keep this going without him actually having to get in the ring? The cinematic route might be the best thing for him. Like when the Red Ranger had to face the Green Ranger in that little thing, um, in that little dimension <laughs> thing that that they put him in. Where he was like, no, you know, no, Jason, you stay here and you face Tommy. And he's like trying to kick through all the smoke and shit and like all this other stuff like that and sweating. All right. Maybe I'm bugging too much. Um, <laughs> how do you feel, Justin? <laughs> I thought I felt I thought that it, I thought it was sincere. I, th- I thought that it was it was it allowed him to actually tell us how he felt about what happened the past two years without actually breaking character somewhat. Um mm-hmm. I do feel like there was gen- genuine emotion when he came out, though. And I think that's what got me. And I think I was like, okay, I, I get it. And um, it's hard to, it's it, this is something that's hard to hate on, even though people are trying to hate on it. You can't hate on this. This is one of the biggest moments of 2022. And this is a crazy you year. Hate this on is one this of you're a fucking loser, bro. <laughs> yeah, like this this is ultimately one of the biggest moments of the year. Like it, it really is. Like, like, like Even if you're a hater, you know what I'm saying? I remember Cody came out and said, y'all excited for this nigga? And five minutes later, I was like, all right, I see. <laughs> I, I, I see what y'all niggas are saying now. Yeah, I get it. Um, also on SmackDown, Roxanne Perez made her SmackDown debut facing off uh, against Damage Control with a little bit of help from uh, from uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Um, I thought she looked great here. I know we, we, we touched on this a little bit during our, Hall- our Halloween Havoc discussion. Um, really, really good match. Again, if you were on the fence with uh, if you were on the fence with Roxanne or you didn't know who she was, this was a perfect way to debut her uh, to the main roster audience. If I she think, wins NXT, does she? Do you think she goes to SmackDown after, or like, does she even go after the NXT title? Because that's the thing I was wondering when she had the match. I was like, oh, she looks good. She could be on Friday soon. She got some time. I I think that if NXT is to be a touring brand again and they want to go around, they have to have stars there, and you got to keep her there. If not for you know the next six months and at least for the next year, she's got to win that title at least twice before she's out of there. It, to me, this felt like a, a Bailey thing. You know what I'm saying? Because we could have very well just had damage control versus Raquel and Shotzi and just figure yeah. that out. And then I think they do have that. I think they have that penciled in um, on, on SmackDown this week. But I felt like this was another decision because Bailey didn't have to wrestle on SmackDown. And neither did Roxanne Perez because Roxanne Perez is just here to pick an opponent, similar to what Cora J did. But I feel like this was an effort by Bailey to be like, okay, let's, you know, let's get her in the ring. Let's get her in front of an audience and at least build that up. So by the time we hit next week um, on the show, there's a lot more of a purpose towards it. And I think she does see stuff in Roxanne Perez as well. And I think a lot of people do. So she's an amazing wrestler. Um, she's very good. Uh, I think right now, would I say she's fully ready for the main roster yet? Nah, I feel like she hasn't been through, uh, like wrestling wise, yeah, she probably could, but I feel like she hasn't been through the fire as much yet in NXT. Um, so I would like to see her continue that run in NXT before there's any kind of like main roster consideration, but very good debut. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of promotion for Halloween Havoc too on the main roster shows. This has been the most synergist that these three shows have ever been, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, La Knight, yeah, he's back. He said they they gave some type of like two second. I don't even remember what they said <laughs> about how why his name was Max Dupree for the past four months, but they hand waved it and said he's back. I'm fine with it. He should be. It, it, everything is how it should be now. I thought that he looked great. The fans reacted to him really well. Um, and it seems to be that he is a tweener or a heel. That's where, where he should be <laughs> right now. But I'm, I'm glad LA Knight's back. 
And uh, I, I'm wondering where what the next step is for him. Get him away from MMM. Uh, let, let's have him do some really cool stuff here. Yeah, I don't know where the fuck he's going next after this shit. <laughs> Me either. I'd, I like the promo at the end, but like you said, like I don't... If that was supposed to be a heel turn, I'm just kind of like, why? Because you know the crowd's going to want to say yeah when he does it. But so I hope they can still do it. But I feel like they really wanted to like I don't it it didn't feel like they really wanted to boo him, but like you gotta do what you gotta do. But it was kind of tough. It was kind of tough because you knew they were gonna cheer him because he was back and he's gonna get that return pop. But I think they can they can lean into it. I I, honestly my my thought now that I think about it, you could do LA Knight Ricochet, you could do LA Knight Madcap, you could do LA Knight against pieces of the new day. Um, there, there are a lot of ways he can go, and I think there's there's some guys on that roster that are aren't doing much. I mean, you you could do LA Knight Nakamura. You know, there's there's a lot of ways to go, and I think that there's definitely um, I, they need like a mid card heel like him, and and I think he works perfectly. I think he's like I, I don't want to call him like Ken Kennedy is this in terms of like how they were using him, but like he's someone that that everyone could work with. He's damn near as old as Ken Kennedy. I'll be honest with you, but <laughs> um. um <laughs> Old niggas, uh, Rey Mysterio <laughs> shows yeah. up on SmackDown. Damn, tells crying. he was crying. Mm. Mm. I can't take it anymore. So, ain't no father <laughs> figure here. What he's like, I, I'm quitting. My son is beating me up. I ain't signed up for this. I ain't signed up for this. And Triple H, Triple was H, like, H no. Response, his response is hilarious because he like does that whoa whoa like he, he like grab like like he just got sprayed in the face with maze he's like whoa <laughs> like, he's like <laughs> Quest, <laughs> can get Tony Khan um, to get his hands on you. <laughs> so he moves him over to SmackDown. I think a brilliant move, uh, obviously, which which would make sense on Raw uh, how that happened. But um, moves him over to SmackDown. He gets into a fatal five way, um, which which carrying cross which. Was supposed to be in the match. Was injured in the beginning of the show by Drew uh, Drew McIntyre. Was replaced by Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio wins the match, and he's going on to face Gunther. I would imagine the Gunther match is going to be in, in Crown Jewel and not in the next three weeks. So, um, that's your big that's your big match. Uh, Gunther how, defeating a, another world champion. How do you feel about Rey Mysterio moving to SmackDown? And we may not even get a conclusion to the Rey Mysterio Dominic thing. I think we like, will. There's been a, there's going to be a way that they get that done. I think there's two. I think the reason they did this is twofold. One of them is to establish Dom further as a as a major heel and to get him better in the ring because I think as it as it is right now, him and Ray having a match would not do much physically other than the storyline parts. So you got to get him ready. You got to make him a, as big of a heel as he can be and make this match as big as possible. And two, to reestablish Rey Mysterio and get him some wins on his belt and, and have and let him be on SmackDown one last time. I think this was a really cool way to get him back on SmackDown. He hasn't been on this show for a while. He was one of the main pillars of SmackDown in the early 2000s. And it's a really cool moment for him. I, I think that I'm not mad at them stretching this out, but I absolutely think there's going to be a conclusion to it by the time Rey's career is over or by WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm, I actually think, I don't know how they're going to do it. I guess him moving to SmackDown makes it uh, easier for him to stretch it out. But something tells me Dom versus Ray, especially like Mania is in LA and like you got the San Diego, even though it's hours, it's a few hours down, but they're never going to do a Mania in San Diego. LA might be the closest thing to get. So something tells me Dom versus Ray is like one of those like 
we got this pre penciled in for Mania. We just got to figure out how to get there. Uh, so I, I mean, think they could they could they could meet in the Royal Rumble, and that could be part of Ray's Royal Rumble story, where he won't hit Dom and Dom eliminates him. I feel like did Ray eliminate Dom feel, in the Rumble last year? I I don't remember that. I don't remember that Rumble. I I yeah, deleted that Rumble out. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon produced uh, Rumble. Um, nah, but I feel like I don't know. It's a little weird to me that the 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 few just kind of like we were on track. It seems like it was heading in a sort of direction. I think just even last week didn't like that. What do you? What do you, I'm saying? I was confused by so many different people being in this thing, and especially is it Ray is the focus? Is it Edge is the focus? Is it AJ is the not. focus? And right, so now clearly he's not. However. You had this feud between Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Not necessarily Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor, Rey Mysterio, but it was clearly Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. And I think, it, you know, a win over Rey Mysterio could have done wonders for Dominic as well. At least, you know, he would be moving in that right direction and he's proven like, yo, he is a heel. He could beat up his dad. You know what I'm saying? Like legitimately take it to his dad and, you know, be a world champion in his own right. I I, I just thought it was – I'm not necessarily completely against it because at the end of the day you're going to do whatever they want to do anyway. But I think them moving away from it right now to create space, I just hope they come back to it tenfold because it, to me, um, I don't see why they would not do this anymore. Like why would you spend all that time putting it all together for it to say like all right now he's on smackdown you needed you needed to do that to have dom turn and that was the moment where he would get the most heat would to be to turn on his father and edge at that moment and right. now because they won't fight him they can't be on the same show if he's not going to fight him and he's going to he's tried to quit so he's going to bring him to smackdown and he's going to be able to he's going to be able to do his own thing there he's probably going to lose to gunther or have a feud with gunther and that's going to end and then uh-huh. when you turn around we're gonna be back and we're going to be back in rumble season where he could face his son or his son could here's the thing this is just the honestly probably the second part of the story to be honest like the 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 dom thing he still brings him up on raw so mm-hmm. i mean i don't think this is over this this story is not over it's just now it's spread across two different shows i think that again they are changing the way and again continuity works here continuity matters because i feel like if this was the old regime i'm i'm a little less trusting of them making this move than i am of this one because he's able to get a new lease on life. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see. But I do think that they try to stretch this out because there's no honestly right now, if they want to make this a big deal, there's no show right now that they could put this on where it would mean anything but to me, the rumble or mania. And I would rather you put both of them in the rumble if you're gonna do that. What about Crown Jewel? They're not doing it for Crown Jewel, that's obvious. Right, yeah, yeah. But they could have did it for Crown Jewel. That's what I'm saying. No, like Crown Jewel is right there. Like, why would they do it at Crown Jewel? That's not that's not that's not the direction they want to go, and they want to stretch this out. That's why I said I they want to stretch this storyline out. Right, right, right. Because right. they but, just did. No, but you said there's no big pay per view that they could have done it at, and the Crown Jewel is literally right there. You I'm know talking what I'm about after he got after he got moved. <laughs> there's no big show for them to do this at after he got after he gets moved. Because we had even thought that they were going to do it at Crown Jewel, and he got moved. So you're saying they're going to extend it to WrestleMania? I said it's. I said that the only. I said they're going to wait to put this on a bigger show than just some random Raw or SmackDown. Why? Why not get the most? I think it'll be I don't know. It's going to be WrestleMania. I'm saying that that's a big. That's a big show you could put it on. Okay. 
I'm just saying, do you think it could be? I'm not saying it yeah. will be. I'm just saying, do you think it could be? That would make the most sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just, I, I, I would rather, it would have made sense for me to, to do this like after um, they had their match. Maybe it's a cathartic. Maybe he doesn't want to go through it anymore. This is just my thing. And he's fought his son. He realizes like he's got blood on his hands. He's like legitimately beat up his son. His son is not turning back on him. He's not reuniting with his son. And he's just like, yo, I don't want to do this anymore. I moved to SmackDown. I thought that would have been a great idea after Crown Jewel if they had done that. Kind of blow off the feud, move in a new direction. Everyone moves in a new direction. It's perfectly fine. This, I was like, oh, okay. But it's Rey Mysterio and he's now facing Gunther, so I'm not mad at it. But I was just like, huh? Why would you do that? Rey got to go take some fathering classes i don't know you gotta you gotta (laughs) maybe maybe they'll bring maybe they'll bring the wife and his daughter back to be like hey you know talk some sense into your son there's only one way to handle this but you know ray is uh ray's letting dads down across the world right now but hopefully he'll learn that he needs to just been working for vince mcmahon all these years that man done put shane through so much shit (laughs) you can't put hands on dom yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta reevaluate yourself. Legado del Fantasma, first match against Hit Row, squashes him. That's the news. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was confused about why. Uh, sorry, why? Um, Big Boy took the pin. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> yeah. Were you the biggest? Yeah, I was confused. About, like, I was like, all right, they could just, you know take out um i forgot his name now top dollar they could take out top dollar and of course he's been but they really like beat up top dollar and we've seen top dollar like walk around with three people on him and suddenly like a couple top rope drop kicks put this man down to the dirt so i was confused on that but other than that i mean it was fine like i I don't know he did not get hit with two top rope drop kicks he got hit with a bunch of shit and a finisher he actually didn't just fall to like two drop kicks. He actually no, no, no. They, 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 I they, mean, they, he fell down to his knees after a couple of drop kicks and stuff like that. But like, yeah, they really like finish. put the beats on him. Those three jobber niggas never did nothing like that. So yeah, it did make sense. No, no, no. I was talking about in the, yeah, but in, I'm talking about like when he had them three people on in the in the fatal four way tag match the other time. Like he's clearly been able to like handle at least three people at once. So I was confused why he went down to like two people just randomly. Because he was looking at um he was looking at Zelina and, and a Westerface. <laughs> he caught the lusty eyes and nothing was the same. I mean, yeah, I mean he was I, he was distracted. I mean it was a it was a distraction. Uh Raw on Monday. Bobby Lashley versus Brock uh uh opened the show. They do a big pull apart brawl where in which Lashley gets the clear advantage over Brock Lesnar, and I think that's gonna be the story going into this, as they will meet on November fifth at Crown Jewel for the second time this year. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I'm I'm glad that they are not explicitly positioning Brock as a heel here, but rather somebody who just wants to fight Bobby Lashley. And I think that's the best way to go. Let him fight. I like it. I like this feud. It's clearly, it seems like it's going to main event crown jewel. Um, I'm all for it. Uh, Brock Lesnar randomly wearing that tuxedo vest. To me was insane <laughs> but <laughs> very very cool 
fun way to kick off Raw, to be honest with you. It was really, it was a really good way to kick off Raw. Um, and then uh, one of the show long. Feel, actually, no, Duggar, what do you think about uh, Lashley Brock? Sorry, I'm I'm all the way here for the violence, honestly. Uh, especially like I thought the opener was really good. It reminded me with a little bit of when I don't know if y'all remember when uh, Taker and Brock had that opener to Raw, and it was just scrapping. And like, you're gonna have to kill me. <laughs> So, Man, which, like, honestly, that's what, the, that's what I thought of it. The OC returned on the show, and they're part of a, a pretty extensive, like, show-long story with the Judgment Day. Uh, they were confirmed that it's going to be the OC versus the Judgment Day at uh, at Crown Jewel. We get Gangsta Finn. He is now moving and talking as if he is... <laughs> with hands <laughs> and shit. He's, he's some type of man right now on this show. He like Team Skull and Pokemon Sun and Moon. I was like, yo, he's talking with his hands now. Like he, uh, he damn near started rapping. Hold up, wait a minute. Finn, um, Finn did he, live in Brooklyn for a little bit, so it, it, maybe it's just maybe it's just I mean, he don't live in my he don't live in my side of Brooklyn. I tell you that there's a lot of different <laughs> a lot of different areas in Brooklyn. I ain't never see him where I you know where he is. But um, OC versus Judgment Day. Oh boy, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty fun. Uh, we had the OC uh, against Alpha Academy and a match that went very long. I'm still not sold on on Gallows. I've never had a problem with Carl. I think Carl actually can work. Gallows is just like keep him in for the hot tags and put him back How out. It looks like he's gonna be <laughs> old. He's, he's got to be like 45 years old at this point. He's I think they 38. both are. Right? That's it. <laughs> no, that's, that's his industry age. Boy, no way. <laughs> Ain't no way. Because <laughs> he was moving, he moving like Taker from 2016. I'm like, I know. Come on now. He, all he got is a little jab punches and there's a little open hand jabs. And, you know, he might do a big boot here and there. But I was like, I'm not impressed. Why they bring this nigga back? Um, AJ, they said it in the show. He He's never looked happier. I said, I know he ain't happy. He got his he got his boys a bag. He said, I'm, I'm going to come back for you. And he and did. That beer is disgusting, um, too. Ugh, I don't like that little. Very nasty. Uh, we we learn later on the show OC is going to be on NXT helping out um Cameron Grimes against the uh, against the schism against the dyad for uh, NFT also, money for NFT money and and AJ saying NFTs are not what they were is <laughs> hilarious. He tapped hilarious. <laughs> He's super tapped in. He said, "Yeah, my my OpenSea account is shut down. I can't do it no more." <laughs> Uh, we, we also learned that Rhea will have her first match in nearly six months on NXT this week against um, Roxanne Perez. So I'm really excited about that. I'm very glad we we knew we kind of knew this. If you've been paying attention to uh, how she was on NXT, besides wow. sorry, had, maybe well, Damn. like wrestled on NXT or just on NXT in general? Yeah, like wrestled on NXT. Huh. Oh, I don't know. I mean. After the pandemic, sorry, it was after the pandemic. Okay, yeah. or, or during the pandemic, not after. During the pandemic is is, is the last time she was on NXT. Okay, right, she was NXT uh, champ, right? Welcome return, Charlotte. Welcome. Welcome. Right. Okay. Welcome returned, Charlotte. Very welcome returned um, to the show. Should be good. Um, by the time you guys hear this on public, just just assume it was great. <laughs> It was great. Yeah, Let's it, talk about be, it like it's great. <laughs> I'm 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 really glad to see her back in the ring. I was worried 
I had been asking where she's been at. She showed up in house shows and gear and she was working on the weekends. I knew something was up when she got physical with Beth at Extreme Rules. And I said, okay, she must be on the way back. And it looks to be like she, she's fine now. So good, good shit for everybody that Rhea is back on the active list. Um, and we had AJ Styles versus Dom, which which furthered the storyline. This was, again, a, a, a very this stretched throughout the whole three hours between the OC and the Judgment Day. Uh, this is clearly their kind of big stable feud going forward. And obviously Judgment Day gets a lot of attention on the shows. I'll say this. I'll say this. And this is probably my only thing. I feel like AJ Styles should have won that match. That man has lost a lot. <laughs> He's lost every match since August. Like literally every single one. And I'm like, damn, you need at least AJ could beat. I mean, Dom don't take anything losing to AJ Styles. It's AJ Styles. I'm like, damn, you need AJ Styles to at least get a win in this somewhere. Somehow, some way. Uh, I did enjoy AJ. Finn jumping off the steps, though, after the win. That was that was hilarious. Bro, he is a funny nigga. <laughs> like, he is one of the funniest niggas. Um, I I think AJ is one of those one of those guys that uh I mean a loss doesn't really hurt them. Um, I, I think that again, I, I honestly think that they might win. They might be the judgment day here, but again, like with, if they're keeping the judgment day strong, I would have them come out on top in the end. Um, but I thought Dom needed that win. I thought it was good to show that like Dom is a sneaky kind of bastard and that gets these kind of these cheap wins. And I, I like what they do with him. Like that he is one of the most hated people on the show. And I think that's where he should be. Um, Baron Corbin returns with JBL. JBL comes out, cuts a promo. Will not stop cutting this promo throughout the whole segment that he's in and brings out Baron Corbin. Best part of the show, in my opinion. <laughs> in my opinion. Not the, Baron, not the Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler match because that can, that can kick rocks. But JBL coming out in the big-ass pants and immediately getting heat like he only knows how to do and immediately inciting a crowd that was sitting on their fucking hands for the first 45 minutes of this damn show and pretty much the next hour and a half of the show um, to me was like great. I, I love JBL on this show. The I don't like Baron Corbin. <laughs> what is Baron wearing? He's got the worst gear in the game. Is it because of like how he's how tall he is? I'll be honest. Yes, and also I don't know. Like this is to me the Baron Corbin reboot for like, and this is like the fourth time. And I'm I'm glad he's been able to like kind of like roll with the punches. And he's really someone who like deals with anything um, that comes his way. But we really gonna act like Baron Corbin's this like prodigal son, like eight years into his fucking career after, uh, like, you know, winning King of the Ring and having money in the bank and all this other stuff like that, and we really acting like no, he's the future of this business when it's like he was supposed to be the future years ago. Like he's just this guy now. Like he's just this annoying guy now. This man can get a tag team partner or something. Like, just try something completely different. I, I feel like the Baron Corbin story. I don't think like we need him to become another major, have another major run like this again. Let him try out tag. Let him turn on his tag team partner again or something. And, and he's and reminding me of he's reminding me of Kane right now. And yes. Where Kane is slotted. Oh my God! Yes where 
you're going to keep getting this guy regardless of whether you like him or not. My thing is this, and I know I keep saying this about a bunch of people. I said it about Bray. I said it about <laughs> a bunch of different people. Omos, I said it about him too. Why is he a heel again? <laughs> Why is he a heel? We've seen this for four years in running. Do something different. Like he looks like a fucking Power Ranger villain right now with that outfit on. Like, like one of the six Rangers. That's always starts out bad and then becomes a good guy. That's what he looks like right now with the fucking top hat on. Why did you just change his theme? Why does he still got the casino theme? What? That casino, that casino theme was nasty too. They added it's some extra so nastiness bad. into that. They added some extra nasty shit into that. <laughs> I, was, I was here for it when JBL, like, like obviously you knew JBL was showing up. And he was like, all right, I guess Corbin's coming back. But like, he introduces him, and then there's no new music, and I was like, "So what were you gone for?" And <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think Baron Corbin has any trouble getting heat on his own. But it also felt like JBL just got majority of it just by returning and shitting on Oklahoma City because he's from Texas. So it felt like it was just you're running, you're running into you're running into a problem where JBL is going to get more over than you. Oh, OD going to get way more over. <laughs> because he is he is very good at what he does very very good and if it's just getting heat there's not a city in america that he won't say full of fat stubby rednecks or city slickers or whatever the hell he says um (laughs) that he won't he won't do i'm so confused literally just put baron corbin in a tag team if you need another person on the show just put another person on the show and put them in a tag team. It's not hard. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it I, again, you, team you, you, you not only, in, um, um, Von Wagner, have him take Von Wagner. On the only, oh God. You not only redebut him, but you put him in a 15 minute match with, with Dolph Ziggler right after I was like, Oh, you want me to tune out? Like you really wanted me to tune out here. I stayed for JBL's commentary, but I was pretty much doing a, a, a kit this whole match. And then I looked up when it was over. Um, Bailey versus Bianca set for next week's Raw. They had a tag match. She had a tag match with uh, Candice LeRae versus the tag team champions Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Um, looks like we're gonna get a. I don't remember if they said this was for the title. I think this is just a regular, regular ass match. I don't think. I feel. I think they said it's regular. Last, the last image I saw of it, it was non-titled. Um, so I think it's a regular ass match. Which, which realistically, you could have Bailey pick up a pinfall victory and say, all I got to do is do it one more time and I can beat you. I knew she was going to go for weeks ago. I knew they were going to say they were going to pull the you didn't pin me deal with the ladder match because that's usually what they always do after a heel loses a ladder match. I think this is a, this is a perfect time to have Bianca take another pinfall. I'm not a fan of her of doing that to her, but I'm also not a fan of Bailey losing again. So I would say DQ here. I would just do a DQ here next week. If they if they're if they're gonna do that, I yeah I probably will go the same route. To be honest with you, I think um uh, there was a there was a large contingent of people kind of like upset regarding uh not only one women's match on the show. Um, I think I was looking at the roster. I guess a lot of people are injured. A lot of important people are injured, and the other people are just doing skits on Twitter, but it's I like this and I like um, them doing Bailey versus Bianca Belair for a non-title match. I hope they go the distance in the match. I think we need to, 
make Bailey look like a, an immediate threat again, and this is the way how to do it. Um, I am. I would like uh, damage control the the other two to strictly stick to the tag team championship scene, just so it adds an, another fresh match on Raw or something. What do you think, Douglas? It seems like shenanigans are on the way next week. I think. I wonder how long they're gonna run this. Is like if Oscar and Alexis are like completely removed from it. So like, are we doing like a whole like Bianca? Don't a- got no Alexa, thing? Alexa has a legit hand injury right now, I believe. Um, oh. Just adding to more of the more of the injuries on there, I believe. Dewdrop is injured. I want to say I thought Nikki was. I heard that Nikki was as well. I think a lot of the, yeah, a Nikki, lot of their Nikki Nikki wrestles. She wrestles on house shows. Doesn't mean okay. Yeah, Dewdrop is injured though for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it, it just sucks. I mean, again, what I'm sure if they had the the they had the clientele to do that, they would be doing it right now. I think this is a, a, you know, it, it's an anomaly. You know what I'm saying? Like Rhea just got back. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not going to be permanent. It's it's it, it just is what it is. This I, I know they would have wished to have Becky healthy right now, but in all from from all, from all I hear. In the in the, uh, in the back streets, is that Becky's on the way back, so it won't be a problem for long. But I, I think that you know Bianca and Bailey is is perfectly acceptable for for what's going on right now. Um, Ali steps up to the plate. He's a part of another show long storyline with Seth Rollins, the new U.S. champion. Uh, Ali says he wants a shot. Seth says, "Fuck out of here." You left the company for six months on Twitter. You a hoe? <laughs> Punches him in the face and leaves. It's honestly how it should have been. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> the first segment, <laughs> it was good. It was good. I was looking, again, I looked at the roster. I was like, Ali, we're going to Ali. Okay, Ali. And I was kind of looking at it, and then I was like, yo, Ali's, there's really no other strong kind of like mid-card faces on Raw, which makes me think that the Rey Mysterio trade should have maybe also included Nakamura on it. <laughs> to be honest with <laughs> you. Because we they need a little bit more depth in that mid card division. Um, we had who we had show up. Fucking Elias showed up. Oh my god! What? It just is what it is. But Ali versus Rollins, I'm not mad at. I just don't think like I'm. I'm just surprised that we're here. In some ways, like. The- like just how y'all were talking about the women's division and everyone being hurt, like kind of some too. Like Ali came out and I'm like, this is cool, but I'm also like, damn, there's no one else around, is there? Just every everyone's busy. Okay, got it. Cool. I don't know where this goes. I also don't know if like the crowd cares about Ali. Well, I, wh- huh? What do you mean? Like, maybe, like, from when I, like, I watched on Monday, but, like, when he came out, like, the crowd was, like, and on its feet, maybe it's because it's Oklahoma. You can say that, but I don't, I don't know how much this is going to, like, translate to, like, the crowd. Like, is the crowd really going to care for this? I know they're going to care because it's Seth, but is it only going to matter because it's Seth, I guess? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's his job to get the baby face over. He's got the mid-card title, or they're trying to treat it like the upper mid-card title. 
Um, I think Ali, since he returned, has been kind of kneecapped and they want to make Ali look strong again. I think he's one of the proponents that even when he returned, we were really excited about him being back. And um, he's someone they need to do something with if they're going to bring him back. And they said they had all these plans for him. You know, they didn't want to release him, you know, like do something with the guy. And I think that it's better for him to do that than, than have nobody. And also, like, just in terms of just his stature, his physicality, what he's able to do in the ring. Seth fights a lot of big dudes mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Facing off against Ali gives us a match that we always want to see Seth in against someone smaller than him who can do a lot of physical, really cool acrobatic stuff. I think this would look more akin to the Buddy Murphy stuff that Ali was doing than what he had been trying to do when he was with Retribution and stuff like that. So, like, I'm immediately interested in this because we're going to get a really different kind of Seth Rollins match, and it puts Ali in a different position. It's all about giving guys new chances and new spots, and I'm for it if they're going to, you know, if they're going to pay it off. And, and I think if Seth wants to give him the rub, yeah, because I honestly don't think Seth should have that title right now. I think that that title to me is like a, it's a stepping stone. And I really feel like, again, if there's any show that has felt the, the brunt of the Roman reign, it is raw because he never shows up on it. <laughs> there is no equivalent to, to anything that, that that Roman has on SmackDown on Raw. And it really is just a bunch of guys kind of fighting week to week, you know, and they're, they're trying to figure something out with that. I think most of the time they do a pretty like, okay job of, of, of making you um, feel like something is important. But I just don't feel like and, and I, I blame this on how they position the U.S. title. It's never been that important. You know, even with Lashley, it was cool that he had it and it, he was having really great matches. But this is the same fucking uh, title that Andrade held for weeks and or Apollo Crews held for weeks and never never defended and had other people defend for him in 2020. You mm-hmm. know, so like it, it's a weird thing to do, but I'm all for Ali having that, that opportunity. I uh, can't remember. I feel like the U.S. title probably hasn't been important since Cena, Cena and Seth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, and even there, there was a secondary title. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just a prop so you could look more awesome when you held both of them. But I think, I, you know, I agree with you, Justin, here in terms of just like, I guess, the the U.S. title and kind of how it's presented on the show. Um, I think... We definitely got to get if we're going in on Ali, we got to be in on Ali because we've seen this before where they're like, okay, let's try two, three weeks of Ali. And then it's like, okay, we're back to the he's back on main event doing flips and shit. So I think the 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 we have to buy in on these kind of things if we are indeed making these new stars and. It just looks bad if it is, if it's in one situation that we're bringing him, we're giving this him this opportunity, and then like after if he does lose to Seth, he's back on main event. Then it seems like it was just kind of like not necessarily all for naught, but like not what I guess what was the intention or what everyone came in with the intention with. But seems like Seth got a damn lot of enemies considering the end of Raw this week. I was like, damn, what the hell happened here? <laughs> And that's and that's a good thing. I, I think that even if I'm not the biggest fan of Elias, I'm glad he's definitely, from what I understand, looks like he's not a heel yet. I, I think so he will probably why he stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> it was to, and again and again, like when you don't have that big title, they have to come up with things and programs for people to be in. It looks like it's going to be Riddle Elias at this point, if not Riddle Elias Ali versus Seth. You know, like. There, 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 there is a story there where you, you could go where you have Seth kind of being this world-beating U.S. champion while Bobby is dealing with Lashley. And, you know, you had Riddle and Seth again. 
I would be okay if these two kind of took a break for a while. Um, I think they have really good matches. I just think that we've seen so much of it in the last month that we could we could go without it for a while. So if it is Seth and, and Ali, again, they're going into Crown Jewel. Seth and Ali, I think that's a big match for that show. Um, and you have Riddle and Elias being your TV feud. I'm okay with that. And um, I, I think that the one thing I didn't like was the, the actual ending of that match. I was like, again, you make Riddle look kind of stupid. You know what I mean? Like you make Riddle lose off of stupidity. It made, a, fade it made a lie look incredibly dumb. Sorry. What, a, what an idiot. What a, like, what, I saw it happen. Well, I'm like, dumbass. Well, not only that, but it's like he was able to hit Seth. Everyone knew he hit Seth. Even Riddle kind of reacted that he hit Seth in the early in the match with the knee. And he didn't get disqualified. So it was like, it was really weird. It was, it was real. It was a rare, like kind of miss in terms of just their matches. I was like, you could have just ended the match early and just kind of did something else or just did a makeshift thing here. But um, if that was the case, I, I just, I felt like the, that shouldn't have been the main event. It shouldn't, have, it should have been something else. I feel yeah. like. The, the, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I agree because the, the way they handled it in terms of a lot, first of all, Elias just kind of sticking around to me was like, what the fuck is he doing here? Like he's just chilling, hits the knee on Seth on the outside of the ring. Then suddenly as Riddle is in control of the match, he jumps in the ring Seth pushes him into, you know, Elias. Elias throws up the knee for whatever reason because Seth wasn't even in his line of, like, sight. It was Riddle. So he puts the knee up, gets disqualified, then tries to slide in the ring after and also gets a curb stomp. So it's like, to me, I was like, what the fuck just happened here? I was so confused. It was convoluted. It was it was really convoluted. And, yeah. Um, but, it, I, I mean, I guess it gets you, because, again, Ali comes out. Which which is a which is a direction I like, and then Riddle is like again you're in a. I feel like with Riddle they're waiting to see what's going on with Randy, and that's why they don't want to commit one way or the other with him, because the Randy Riddle thing is what people kind of want to see, and if Randy's ready, you can you can slide that right in there. You can you could just fuck off anything else Riddle's doing and just move that into 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 Mania or Rumble or whatever you want to do, and then Riddle can go from there. But I just feel like they don't know where they want to go with Riddle if Randy's not around right now. Would you mind if if Randy Orton returned and not be involved with Riddle? You kind of have to have him come back and, and at least show Riddle that love for, for keeping his name alive. Yeah, I guess. Okay. He's still doing his moves. Like, you, you, you have to, even if he comes out to save Riddle and then turns on him. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you, got, you have to connect the dots there somehow. Every feud he's in, they keep talking about he's using another man's moves. Every big match he has, he did. He hit the RKO in the damn fight pit. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of meat on that bone. And for Orton to come back, if even if it's a one off, which I don't think it'll be, knowing how Roman or how, how Randy does his feuds, usually three matches, you still got to do that. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I really feel like they're waiting on something with Riddle, and that's why they keep putting him in these kind of like holding pattern feuds. But you got to do something soon because if he keeps losing. You're gonna, you're, he's gonna lose that fan support. Like the fans love him, but you're gonna lose that support if he keeps losing like this. He's not an like, AJ. I feel like it's a, it's a similar thing with the Drew McIntyre thing on SmackDown. Like I constantly feel like there should be bigger plans for him, but then there isn't, and then he's just kind of like in this in these other few. I don't know. It's just very very weird. Um, what else happened on Raw? <laughs> one more thing. One more thing. We're out. Uh, Miz has a secret. Yeah. <laughs> which they're <laughs> there i said last week i literally said last week on the show y'all need to do something with this different because i'm tired of the same thing over and over again and they said bet miz got a secret 
and I and I'm very interested and intrigued to see what the secret is. I I'm wondering where theory is again, because my big my prevailing theory right now is that they don't know what the fuck to do with theory because they feel as though probably he should probably not have that briefcase anymore. But that's so weird because I feel like they were moving in a great direction with him. And I also feel like he was rising to the occasion in said direction. Like it wasn't immediate, but I think over time he was rising to the occasion with it. He was having these long matches with all these people. He was getting a definite heat. He wasn't using the phone as much. He wasn't being as annoying as much. Like he was actually moving in a great direction. And then everything just kind of dropped off. Um, I mean, and same thing. He- you can say the same thing. KO, who's going to be on NXT tonight as well. It's like, what, where are we? There's so many guys. <laughs> I, I, definitely, I, def, I definitely said that about KO a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, all right, so where are we going with KO? Like, ultimately, where are we going? And I feel like there's, I feel like there's direction for a couple things on these shows. And then other things are just like, it's, we need to fill three hours. It feels um, like it kind of, oh, you keep going. No, 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 go ahead. It feels like I th- like I think all of us for the most part really thought like how you bring up like the whole Roman effect. Like I think most of us thought Roman was dropping it at at Class of the Castle. Cause mm-hmm. and also around then, like you mentioned like KO being gone and like theory, like everyone was also taking like shots at Roman in some way. KO was going on for weeks of like like yo, Roman, you owe me one. They so, dropped it. <laughs> yeah, everything's been dropped. Like since like Drew didn't win, and it's just kind of been like, all right, now I don't know what we do now. And like obviously, you know, Logan Paul is not pulling it off at Crown Jewel. I can think we yeah. can book that. So everyone was kind of in that Roman orbit and everyone's kind of removed from it. But like when you're removed from it, they're not really doing anything else. So where is everybody? We'll see. Uh, but yes, that that was that was Monday Night Raw and that was everything in wrestling uh, this week. I want to thank Duggar for joining the show. This was a long one. So thanks for sticking with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, this was this was amazing. And maybe in the future, I'll do this again. maybe I'll pull a Brock and maybe I'll win another Rumble. You never know. But oh, wow. This was uh, this was amazing. Is that this this music? <laughs> me and bad bunny doing it again you know jesus uh and, and mills once again thank you sir you guys can tune into the latest episode of draft diaries featuring myself j5 and a plus it's actually a really 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 good episode like in terms of talking about the climate of things in 2002 i think we hit a lot of strong points with wwe turning wwf I'm sorry, the way the other way around. Um, Eric Bischoff coming to Raw, Stone Cold Steve Austin walking out, and the end of the NWO, which all happened within a matter of weeks from each other. So it's a really good episode. I suggest you check it out. Also, if you're a fan of East Bay Magazine, you might want to check this out as well. Kids, if you don't know what East Bay Magazine is, sorry. Maybe it may be too old for you, but definitely check out the latest draft diaries. Only available on Patreon, patreon.com backslash the H-O-R-N-C. Absolutely. And just a reminder, War Report will not be on this week. They'll be back next week. And I'll be off the show next week. So I'll see you guys in two weeks on the A-Show. For Meals and Duggar, I'm J5. See you guys later. Peace.